the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs, donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now let's head into the Rich Jekyll Score studio with Christopher Hart and Lucy Polito. Hello and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business and as usual. Whenever we have the award-winning Lucy Polito, we have the winning combination for you. How are you doing today, Lucy? I'm great. How about you, Chris? How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. When I say award-winning, the SCORE Volunteer Uh Award winner. That's right. And uh, I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show, but this show is all about SCORE and everything SCORE's got going on, and they always have something going on like BizFest, which is coming up here in just a couple of weeks, Wednesday, September the 13th. Right, Lucy? That's correct, and we expect a lot of people to come and see us. All right, and what you do is you go to orlando.score.org to pre-register and get your tickets, and it's going to be an all-day-long event, and SCORE really knows how to put these on. And uh, the doors will open about 9 o'clock, the event begins at 10. There'll be speakers and, and it'll be interactive as well. Great networking opportunity. As I said, it'll go all the way into the evening and cap it off with a little social gathering afterwards. Right, Lucy? That is correct. It, uh, we are going to go through until about 7 o'clock and then, you know, we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> all right. And uh, this is going to be in the score offices at the Orlando Fashion Square Mall in the National Entrepreneur Center right there on the West End, just off of McGuire. And, of course, there's plenty of parking, free parking. And uh, there is a charge for this event, but it's it's minimal and it includes uh, the whole day of activities and refreshments as be, will be provided as well. And so get those yep. tickets. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Lucy, I cut you off. Go ahead. And lunch, it includes some nice lunch. Yeah, yeah. So, as I said, uh, this will be Wednesday, September the 13th. Get your tickets ahead of time at orlando.score.org. There are limited tickets, so it's sure to sell out. So orlando.score.org is is where you get your tickets. It's also, by the way, where you find a lot of great information that SCORE has there, and it's ever-building there, Uh, and that is... uh, uh, also a, a an excellent newsletter that you can subscribe to there. That way you know well ahead of time things that are coming up. Now, the BizFest is just their biggest bash of the year, right, Lucy? But you do a lot of other things, like the uh, Coffee with the Leader. We have Coffee with the Leader. We have, uh, you know, before the pandemic, we were having some luncheons, and unfortunately we haven't gotten back to that. But uh, certainly we have our annual event, which is the one that's coming up. And then usually quarterly, we have coffee with the leaders. Uh, I mean, there's always going things going on. So the important thing is that you look it up at the uh, um, 
newsletter because that has everything that we have and it's always up to date. So yeah, well, I would encourage everyone to look at the newsletter. Yeah, absolutely. And there's webinars happening all the time. And uh, she's mentioned the Coffee with Leader presentation. They also have the SCORE workshops and other educational programming. And all of that you'll find at orlando.score.org. And don't forget, you know, you, the, the best part of SCORE is all the experience that's available through the volunteers like Lucy, mentors all across the country, Lucy. Yeah, that's correct. And you know, remember, that we are all across the country. So we have about 60 people locally and uh, all types of expertise. And then, you know, you can't have everything in one shop, but we have over 10,000 volunteers nationwide. And believe me, any type of business you can think of, there is an expert at SCORE. So even if it's not somebody here in Orlando, we can find a person and connect you with a person anywhere in the United States that requires your uh, uh, area of expertise. And you want to talk to that person who is the expert in that area, we are there ready to help you with that. Absolutely. And uh, now it's easier than ever to access this talent across the country because of the Zooming and that sort of thing. So all you have to do is ask. You can call them at 407-420-4844. That's for the local SCORE office, 407-420-4844. And also if you have questions about BizFest, or anything like that, you can call them as well. The office hours are 10 to 4, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 1 on Friday. If you call after hours or if you do get the answering machine, just leave a message. They'll call you back at the very next opportunity, 407-420-4844. So uh, check it all out at orlando.score.org, and we hope to see you at BizFest on Wednesday, September the 13th. And, of course, networking is a big part of what SCORE is about as well. And uh, so that brings us to our guest today, because we're going to find out about her business and how perhaps she can help you. And her name is Michelle Straub, and she is with Clover Systems of Orlando. Michelle, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, we're doing excellent. Thank you so very much. Well, I know you haven't been on the show before, so uh, the way we like to do things, and we even do this with guests who have been on the show before, we get them to remind folks by giving us a little bio of yourself, kind of resume sort of thing. Uh, where were you born? Where did you go to school? What did you do after school? Sort of the things leading up to today. Oh, wow. That's... Uh a lot of jogging of the old mind, but that'll work. My name is Michelle Straub. I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago, a Midwesterner at heart, uh, born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. Started my um, undergraduate work up at uh, Loyola University of Chicago and Illinois Institute of Technology. And uh, got a real love and passion at a pretty young age age about technology in the in the say mid 80s and I had a feeling at that time that was going to lead me down a, a career path it wasn't sure because it was a very very new thing back then but um, I lived and worked in the suburbs of, or in Chicago um, started my career with IBM uh, in downtown Chicago and after several years, I actually made my way to Orlando, Florida. And um, 
graduated from the Crummer Graduate School of Business with an MBA in 2000, no, 1996. And uh, Barry School of, uh, School of Education, I earned my PhD in leadership and organizational development in 2007. Um, IBM moved me to Central Florida, actually, had a, a, a career opportunity, and I took advantage of that. A few years prior, my folks had moved to Orlando from the Midwest, and uh, being a bit of a mama's girl, especially at the time, I needed to be close to mama and daddy. So uh, I knew every opportunity or, or whatever opportunity I could find, uh, I'd make my way to Central Florida. Um, growing up, we were in Central Florida quite a bit with my grandparents um, every year, uh, multiple times a year. So it kind of was my second home, even back then, back when uh, Orlando was barely a little blip on the map, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I come okay. from a, a uh, uh, like I said, a Midwestern family. And uh, found my way here to Orlando, Central Florida, uh, in the mid '90s with my career with IBM. Okay, cool. Now you said uh, you were sort of always, pardon me, but sort of a tech junkie, if you will, right? And yeah. and you said the mid '80s because uh, when I was Correct. in when I was in college in like 1980 or '81, I remember I took one computer class. And it's the only class mm-hmm. in college that I dropped out of because I couldn't handle it. And we were doing the punch yeah. cards. You remember the punch cards? Yeah. Yeah. And, that was. Yeah. I, I swear to God, I'd write the same program as my classmates, do the same things, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't run through the machine. The machine would always reject my cards. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, we all have our own calling in life, I guess. But um, so you really were there. What I'm trying to say is you were there from the very start, kind of the infancy of what we know today to be our everyday life. Well, you know, much like in business, just in life in general, timing is, is a, a real interesting <laughs> thing to reflect on, isn't it? You don't know it at the time, yeah. but uh, in hindsight, looking through the rearview mirror, when I was in high school um, in the early 80s, I took uh, the one and only computer class that was offered. And yes, we were using punch cards. I didn't even know what a punch card was. I didn't even know what this computer was, but we were (laughs) uh, extremely resourced in the the, uh, school district that I was in, the high school. And we actually had direct access to um, an IBM. At the time, was was considered, it was actually considered a mainframe back then. But yeah, I learned the whole punch card thing. And I just lost my mind wondering, how could this piece of equipment do these calculations that we were being tested on in algebra and calculus and geometry? How could this machine do everything I was doing? Um, and yeah, it just intrigued me from the very beginning. I, th- I think that's a bit of my nature, as you'll hear going along here, is when when my brain gets a little confused, I want to dive deeper into it. I want to learn more about that. I want to better understand the complexities and nuances. And from those early ages of, of the uh, punch cards, I didn't run away from it. Chris, like you mentioned in class, <laughs> the first time I dropped the box of my punch cards, yeah. um, 
I think it was the last time I ever dropped a box of my punch cards because the amount of time it took to redo that work, um, I was I was very willing to learn from my mistake once. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. All right. So our guest, once again, Michelle Straub of Clover Systems of Orlando. When we come back, we'll find out exactly what is Clover Systems of Orlando and why Clover Systems. There must be something there in that. And uh, by the way, the website, correct me if I'm wrong, is cloversystems.net. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Cloversystems.net. You spell Clover Systems the way it normally would be. Cloversystems.net. All, yep. All that, one word in plural. There you go. All right. And uh, don't forget to check out the Orlando.score.org website for your BizFest tickets. And it's coming up soon, and they are running out. So get them before they're out. We'll be right back with more of What's the Score. We're back. We are What's the Score. Thank you so much for tuning in. Christopher Hart here along with Lucy Polito. Our guest today, Michelle Straub of Clover Systems of Orlando. And we were just talking about her, how she got uh, from her childhood to here and, and uh, being in the tech business or the tech world, I might say, uh, from, literally from the very beginning, from the, as we were uh, musing back the punch card days where uh, she delved more into it and I ran toward political science. So uh, here we both are in back <laughs> sort of full circle in a way, even though uh, we didn't know each other at the time. What's that, Lucy? Go ahead. Go ahead, Lucy. I right away. Technology. I decided to retire. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, tell us about Clover Systems. How did this come to be, and, and what does it oh, do? And what does well, it do? Yeah, let me set the stage a little bit. I, I think I left off saying that I uh, started my career in Chicago uh, with IBM. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, I did, and uh, eventually made my way to Central Florida, uh, also working for IBM. IBM at the time created a position for me, which I was uh, very, very grateful for. Real quick, I'm Um, sorry, real quick, Michelle, were you writing software? No, absolutely not. I was nowhere near software. That's a good question. So I was a solutions technologist. And what that basically meant was IBM trained me and a group of brand new hires back in the um late 80s actually to support sell and install a brand new uh enterprise computer system that they were putting onto the market at that time it was called the AS400 and it was basically the computer system that was meant to automate small and mid-sized businesses throughout America um, but it special. What I specialized in was the infrastructure, the nuts and the bolts, the actual hardware component. The software would be specific to whatever industry our clients operated in. So, if you're in the hospitality industry, you have software that would work specifically for hospitality. If you are a government agency, there would be software specifically for whatever department um, that you worked in within a government agency. The common denominator was the system that I supported and sold ran all of it. And it was a very strategic move by IBM at that time. And I was hired um, to 
be a part of the big wave of getting this new product to market. And um, it successfully did just that and really knocked the socks off of the competitors uh, because it was an integrated machine, meaning you didn't have to be a techie person um, because the system was fully integrated. I guess a an analogy we would use in today's world is people that use um, open systems are typically more technology oriented or even Wintel machines, if you know what I'm talking about there, versus an Apple infrastructure. Apple, you've got a lot of the software is integrated into the hardware infrastructure. So back in the days of the AS400, the, the early uh, mid-range system that IBM put out, that was IBM's concept to get out to the marketplace because small and medium-sized business owners had no interest in learning to be techies, but they wanted to run their business. And that was the software that did it. I see. I see. And then, okay, so you were going to link that up to Clover Systems. Yeah. So when I came to Orlando, I was hired by IBM as a, a card-carrying IBM salesperson. I um, ran into my competitors, and one of my arch rivals, um, when I say his name, it's going to be a dead giveaway. His name is Christopher Straub, who is now my husband. Um, But back then, I learned some tricks of the trade from my competitor. He was an incredible salesperson. Um, He was also a former IBMer. So we had some things in common, even though on the surface, we competed head to head in a client environment. And I've got to share a little bit about the client environments that we sold these uh, systems to and continue to sell them to. Unlike a retail um, environment where we as consumers go into a retail shop to purchase or procure something, The equipment and the technology that we sell is not something that most people want to buy. It's a necessity to buy. Um, So customers typically didn't come to us. We went to customers. We had to identify the marketplace and establish the marketplace. And we worked a lot with the software providers to do that. So if you are a large radio network, um, the corporate uh, office may have a, a, a business system to, to run um, all their back office stuff. And we would work alongside with the software provider that did the, uh, the business software, industry software. We call them ISVs, industry solutions providers. Anyways, all of this to say... Uh, a few years into me being here in Orlando and, and confronting my competitor, his name is Chris again, yeah. um, I learned quite a bit. And what I learned was he was a self-employed. He was a, an entrepreneur um, that had recently left IBM because IBM was in a huge transition back then. I'm sure anyone that's got a few gray hairs uh, may remember the days when IBM barely had enough cash flow to stay alive for a few months. And uh, a gentleman named Lou Gerstner came into IBM from the outside and completely reorganized this large Goliath of a company 
um, purely for survival and survive it did. But one of the ways it did that was it knew that in order to um, really penetrate the market, um, it needed to allow its sales force to become independent. And uh, my husband, now my husband, Chris, was one of the first entrepreneurs to say, yes, yeah, sign me up for that. I'm going to go out there and continue to sell the same equipment that IBM trained him on, but do it as an entrepreneur, being self-employed as a small business owner. I competed head to head with him for a couple of years until I think I finally threw in the towel <laughs> and said, if you can't beat him, join him. Um, we established a, a working relationship out of the competitive relationship. And um, the, the, uh, the trigger, if you will, was um, IBM changed the sales compensation plan for all of us sales reps right. that we were compensated 150% when we worked with an independent uh, business partner. Oh. So I was actually penalized if I sold a solution directly to a customer instead of working with a business partner um, <laughs> well, you know, as a team. You know, then uh, Lucy, I, want, I know you want to say something here, but this kind of reminds me of one of those old uh, Doris Day, Rock Hudson movies where they were, they were, they were like these bitter competitors and bitter enemies, and they end up married at the end of the movie, right, Lucy? Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> and, you know, they have a wonderful marriage. And they're totally different, but they're both very successful. And but, you know, it really lends itself to so many uh, life lessons, really, right? That um, one of the things that I say is, I, I don't necessarily prefer to be around a lot of people like me that think like me, because uh, if you put two people of like minds together all the time, one of them becomes useless. And Chris and I are not like-minded in, in, in most ways, um, but in the fundamental and very principled ways, we're extremely aligned. But we had to learn that. And um, we got to learn that together being in business. Um, it didn't happen from day one. I continued to stay in corporate America for a couple of years. I went on to work um, as a, as a uh, senior chief of staff of an executive team for Xerox Corporation for a couple of years, uh, at which time Chris was building Clover Systems of Orlando from a, a, a tiny little peanut to, to a business that... Um, Right around Y2K, I don't know if you remember a lot of the hoopla that occurred with Y2K. A lot of technology sure. changes occurred back then. And we had a little powwow, a, a meeting of the minds, so to speak, and came to the consensus that it really made more sense for us to be together working as a husband and wife team. Not only for our business that um, provides us with a roof over our head and food on the table and the necessities of life, but also um, for our marriage. It was important for us to be together. I was traveling all over the country and was being, for lack of better words, um, I was being groomed to be an executive. And um, I had to really figure out if that was what I wanted in life or not. 
Um, and obviously at the end of the day here, we say, no, I didn't choose that life. I chose to be in partnership with my husband, um, working side to side now for well over 25 years. Hmm. And we've had to find our groove, you know, of course we've had to find right. our groove. And well, I, I tell you you what, know, when we come back from the, to the break, uh, we want to find out how you found that groove because, uh, you know, it's unusual for a husband and wife to have a partnership for 25 years and uh, and make it work. So uh, we want to find out how you did it when we come back. Once again, we're speaking with Michelle Straub of Clover Systems of Orlando. Their website is cloversystems.net, spelled out normally, plural, cloversystems.net. Okay? And then don't forget to go to orlando.score.org and get your tickets for BizFest before it is sold out. That's going to be Wednesday, September the 13th, all day long, lunch included, and then a social gathering afterwards that evening around 7 o'clock. So plan on a whole day and evening worth of great networking and fun at BizFest, Wednesday, September 13th. Tickets at orlando.score.org. If you have questions, you can call at 407-420-4844. We'll be right back with more of What's the Score? the score and we want to thank you for tuning in and telling your friends and family about the show as well that's the great thing about radio ladies and gentlemen it really is built on word of mouth all right i am christopher hart along with lucy polito our guest today michelle straub of clover systems of orlando and she was just telling us about their their business and the systems that they provide for medium, did I hear you say small and medium-sized businesses primarily is what you focus on, Michelle? Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Well, I know Lucy uh, knows you personally and uh, knows that you and your husband work closely together. And uh, Lucy, that's one of the reasons why you wanted to have Michelle on the show is to highlight uh, how they have managed to accomplish this. You know, I've known them for about 20 years or maybe a little bit more. And they are extremely successful in their business, and they have a wonderful marriage. And I always wonder, because you know I'm single, I'm still looking for the right guy. So, meanwhile, I'm thinking, how do these people work? They work very hard. They make a lot of money, and they still uh, are like little lovebirds. So, you know, there's a magic there somehow, some way, because everybody I know has worked together with the husband or the wife. I mean, they wind up. Uh, late, sooner or later, split up because of money or because somebody wants to go in one avenue and the other one wants to go in a different direction. And so they just don't uh, grow with their business. And that's always something that I've admired with this couple is that they work very well together. They have a lot of fun together. They travel a lot. And I think, how do they do this? So maybe Michelle can tell us what is the trick to this wonderful marriage and also if you would kind of describe how the it operates maybe on a daily day basis uh you know what kind of roles do each one of you play go ahead sure that that's a a key part of it for sure um first of all lucy thank you for those comments that that's very touching and and that means more than you even know to hear that from you um 
I guess the the most fundamental thing to say um, to express is this is much bigger than Chris and I. It's neither one of us individually. Um, we both have been married before. So let me preface that by saying, you know, this whole thing by saying we know that one of the greatest risks we take in life, uh, if you look at it from a from a success failure rate, is being married. I mean, what, what is it? Greater than 50% of marriages end in divorce, right? Well, I think the statistics on small business is even higher than that. Uh, Lucy, you probably know better than me, but is it something like greater than 50% of small businesses fail within the first eight years? Uh, I think it's first two it's years. Hard. Actually, it's about first two years, if I'm not mistaken, Lucy, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So it there you go. Yeah. So when when we when we reflect back and think, wow, how naive were we that we jumped into two of the most the highest failure rate of relationships in our society, <laughs> both being married and a small business. Um, but but it really goes back to um, having learned the hard way. Again, both of us went through a, a previous marriage completely separately, um, and we knew if we were going to make this work um we had to put our faith in something much bigger than us and that is our, our shared faith uh in god a um you know something much bigger than us and then secondly it really is to have a common purpose and a common mission um and it was never to make money, not necessarily to make money as much as it was to serve our customers. And since day one, Chris's, my husband's modus operandi has always been um, make your customers successful first and you'll always win, you know, but do it to, to, to serve your customer, not to serve you. And um, that's been the basis of our business and the basis of our marriage is to serve one another. And um, I, I know that's a bit of kind of uh, different terminology to use in a marriage. Um, not as much in business. I mean, shoot, most business schools teach that, you know, serve your customer, serve your customer. But really, marriage isn't that much different. It's serve your partner, you know. Um, so anyways, that's, that's one thing. And um, an, another is... Uh, to have a vision, um, we both had a vision of what we wanted life to look like. Um, not necessarily on a day-to-day -day basis, we had to work through that and what our defined roles would be because that is a that was a critical thing for us. That doesn't mean it, it needs to be for everyone. And, and um, I will also say that I don't believe that there's a perfect recipe for marriage or or business. Um, I think we figure out what works for us, but we need to start in defining what our core principles are and uh, what we're willing to negotiate, what we're not, what are the non-negotiables and how we define success. Um, some people define it by money or material things. Uh, personally, I define it by flexibility and freedom. Um, that to me is a successful life. 
uh, because then you're free and flexible to serve others. Um, so, you know, that, that's a little bit about us. The other thing I think that has helped us um, is in, in a weird way, this could sound a little odd, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Uh, because we don't have children of our own, since the early days, we anthropom- anthropomorph, yeah, I can say that word, anthropomorphized our <laughs> business. In other words, our business was our, our child, our pet, our family member. Right. And we even talked about it that way, yeah. you know, when it's in, when it's in, in its infancy, there's certain things that we need to do to nurture the business and care for the business when it made its way into being an adolescent and then into a teenager and then, you know, kick them out of the nest, so to speak. Um, we, we took our business through those various life cycles along with us and, and we grew with it. You know, Lucy, um, if you don't mind me interjecting here, Lucy, this is, you know, a lot of this is, you know, like like our radio show. It, it, it's like our baby. Right. I mean, you know, it's you know, a lot of people view their businesses in this light that it's you know, it's a, it's not, it's a kind of a, a life of its own, but it's part of your life. And uh, in that sense, it, it's a part of the family. And that's why a lot of people are, are so attached to it and want to you know, pass it on to their family members or whatever. It it really is a, a, a an attachment based on sort of the organics of the whole thing. Lucy? Mm, well said, Chris. Yeah. Lucy, do you want to? Yep. Yeah, very true. I, I think you're absolutely right. When you, and when you care for something and you want to be successful at that, I mean, that that's an, it becomes a natural thing. You want it to do, well, you want to be, uh, you know, constantly caring for it and worrying about it. And, and that's, I guess, how, you know, bec- you become a, a good business person, how you become a good human being. Um, you know, there's and, a, lot, a lot to it. And back to Chris's point, uh, that's also how your customers, your clients develop those trusting relationships with you as well with the business, right? It, it all kind of works, you know, together. Without a doubt. That, that, without a doubt. That's a, a real interesting thing. Sometimes we're a little embarrassed to say it, but we we have never advertised in our, well, we've been in business since 1992. So in over 30 years of business, we've never advertised because all of our businesses from, repeat business, word of mouth, um, executives that move on to different organizations or corporations that drag us along with them, so to speak, because we have always cared most about them being successful in the decisions that they're making. And we put ourselves right at the table next to them to say, look, you know, this is ultimately your decision to make. But if it was me, here's the things I'd look at just from my worldview Um, and make it a consultative approach, uh, a friendship, if you will. And the vast majority of our clients over the last 30 some years have grown to be much more than clients to us that have grown to be friends because 
we we care about them, about their careers, about their families. And um, interestingly enough, when you talk about succession planning and, and passing things on to your family, um, in, in our situation, um, since we don't have any children, we don't have any true quote unquote heirs, you know, we had to look at that in a different way also. What, what do we do with this quote unquote family member, this business that we've created, that we've developed, that we've loved, that we've nurtured? What do we do with it? Uh, and that's a whole nother uh, discussion, like well, succession plan. I'm sure score gets into that quite a bit. Okay. Well, it just so happens that we're up against the break. So uh, we will take it right here. Come back, continue the conversation with Michelle Straub. By the way, go to their website, check out what they do. If you have a small or medium sized business, you want, I want to talk to them and see how they can help you streamline your business and make greater profits and serve your clients better in the process. That's cloversystems.net, cloversystems spelled normally with a, it's a plural, cloversystems.net, and that's cloversystems of Orlando. And we come back, as I said, we'll continue the conversation with Michelle Straub, and don't forget to go to also to orlando.score.org and get your tickets for BizFest, which is Wednesday, September the 13th. We'll be right back with more of What's the Score? We're back. We are What's the Score? And once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Before I get back to the conversation with Lucy Polito of Score and Michelle Straub of Clover Systems of Orlando, I'd just like to remind you that radio is still a great way to get your message out by word of mouth. And you can also use your own voice to add, to voice the ads, or you can have a great professional's voice here at Salem Media Group. And if you would like to integrate that with your social media platforms or focus simply on your social media platforms, they can handle that here, too, with Salem Surround now in business to help you with your social media platforms. Go to surroundorlando.com to find out more, surroundorlando.com. These are local folks, but they know their way around the World Wide Web. And if you'd like to speak with them on the phone, you can call them at 407-618-1760, 407-618-1760 to get your message out there in a more effective manner. Give them a try at Salem Surround at surroundorlando.com. Okay, back to you, Michelle. You know, we were just talking about you know, sort of the organic nature of businesses and the family element and the, sort of the emotional human element of it. And, you know, business is, is one of the more social endeavors that human beings interact in, right? I mean, you're you're going to businesses all the time, and that's where you engage a lot of people, uh, where you establish friendships, you know, going back to the same business over and over again like you just were expressing. Uh, it's a very important part of, of human life, and I think sometimes we just kind of, you know, business sounds so, I don't know, so, so, sort of, you know, something you do, but it, it's not really, you know, something that you think of in terms of social terms. But it, it plays a very crucial role. Indeed, it really plays. It, it plays, I think, the most fundamental role of personal relationships because um, it commands that trust exists. And um, 
both in, in marriage and in business, uh, that's that common element that without it, I question um, if one can achieve the goals that are set forth. And um, that's been something that, you know, Chris and I have reflected a lot on is not only trust in one another, uh, but also trust with our vendors because uh, vendors provide a, a means of, in, in many cases, financial terms where it's, you know, net 30, net 60, they're trusting that we're going to pay. And um, there's a there's a deep underlying trust there that has to be assessed. And then obviously trust in 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 your customers that uh, they're going to do what's necessary for a successful implementation, install or what have you. And, you know, again, back to the uh, what we where we started with saying, you know, timing is a, a really interesting thing. But there's also this mysterious element that I'd call luck. Uh, maybe luck isn't the right word, but maybe it's, um, you know, right place, right time, right skills, right opportunity. I'm not exactly sure, but there's a, I think we all know when we say there's a little luck involved. Um, and our, the business name, when my husband started Clover Systems of Berlin. I was just going to ask, does this have to do with yeah. the four leaf clover thing here? <laughs> you bet. You bet it does. So it is a four-leaf clover is our logo, not a three-leaf. And most people can relate to a four-leaf clover as being, you know, the, the lucky one. And also uh, Clover Systems, CS, are my husband's initials, Christopher Straub. Oh, yeah. So there's a little bit of play on, you know, luck and intuition and some some personality in there that it's his, his uh, initials. But at the same time, we have often say, said tongue in cheek, but you know, there's some truth to this that we'd almost rather be lucky than good. <laughs> yes, we want to be good, of course, but having luck with us, you know, the, the wind beneath your sails, it sure helps. Uh, many of a successful person has said uh, pretty much the same thing, but you know, it's also been said that you make your own luck too, right? You, you know, so the, do. Lucy, I see you nodding your head. Oh, yeah, that's very true because, you know, uh, there are opportunities that come around sometimes and sometimes you sometimes you uh, pick the right one. So a lot of that sometimes is a question of luck. Timing, of course, but luck has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and being adaptable and flexible, willing to take some risks. You know, there, there's a lot of different factors involved that I think we all encompass into this thing called luck. But um you know, call it what we want. Uh, every time we look at our logo, we know there is that little hidden factor involved. All right. Excellent. Excellent. And now, do you have ideas or, or desires to expand? Oh, wow. That's a whole nother story. Um, about 15 years ago, uh, at the peak of our industry in terms of, let's say, profitability and, and growth and so forth, we did make an assessment as to if that was the direction we were going to take. And it, it was a it was a concerted effort and a real exercise going through and 
looking at valuations, looking if we were going to sell, if we were going to, all different things that really got down to what we were going to do with this business in terms of succession planning going forward. And again, this is in the 2006, oh, it's been that long, six, seven time frame uh, before the recession, before the uh, financial uh, debacle of 2008-9. And, you know, we, we sought the counsel of several people that we really trusted their judgment and guidance on, many of which were entrepreneurs themselves, some of which were tax advisors, estate advisors, you name it. And we made an assessment after laying out all the options that um, it was in the best interests of, of our company and, and our lives to just work out what we call a sunset strategy. And what that basically means to us is instead of selling to someone else, selling our business, our book of business to someone else and ourselves, because a big part of what we do is intellectual capital. We don't have bricks and mortar. We don't have assets laying around. It's really a lot of intellectual capital, the vast majority and the real personal relationships that we've established over the last 30 to 40 years, we made an assessment that we were just going to continue to work for X number of years and um, ensure that we were saving enough money for our retirement, that we were um, basically buying ourselves out, if you will, and allow the business to sunset as needed or evolve into as little amount of work as the market uh, demands. And that has worked out very well for us since 2006 and seven. We're fortunate in that the amount of work that we do now um, has lessened to the amount that we are very comfortable with continuing to work and continuing to travel to assist our family members um, around the country, to spend time with uh, some uh, you know, work-life balance, if you will, and enjoy the fruits of our labors. Um, most of our clients have uh, retired, to be quite honest. Several have passed away. And um, we're really comfortable with knowing that the business, the child that we built, um, is is going to do the same. And that's okay. Wow. Well, it's, it's a fascinating uh, story and fascinating life, fascinating business. That, that you have seen all along the way. Uh, Lucy, any, any other thoughts uh, as we're closing out here? Well, this is a couple that I truly admire because I see how well they get along. They have an outstanding business. And the most important thing, they've learned how to enjoy their life. They work very hard, but they also play very hard. I mean, these folks are um, in town as I tell them, you know, you have a house, yes, but what's it for? It's the closet because they just come in to change clothes and move on to the next place they're going to. <laughs> just, uh, oh, I think they're in semi-retirement because they're forever traveling and enjoying life. And that really, at the end of the day, is what we all would like. We all want to be successful at whatever it is we've done. But at the end of the day, you have to enjoy your life. And these folks have done it correctly because they've been able to do it still when they're relatively young. I can speak that because I am, you know, 50 million years older than they are. 
believe me, they they work hard and they enjoy their life thoroughly. Well, Michelle, if y'all ever, if you and Chris do get bored, uh, you can sit down and write a, a how-to book on this thing. It'll be sure to be a bestseller, I guarantee you. But uh, look, we really appreciate you being with us today. Uh, any, any final thoughts, real quickly? Just my final thoughts, uh, Lucy. Thank you again, and Chris. The, the I think the book's been written, to be honest, and it's in the form of a fable. Have you ever heard of? Um, and I may mess up the name of it, but I think it's called something like uh, The Fable of the Mexican Fisherman. I don't know that I'm familiar um, with that now. Yeah, you know, Google, it, it's just a little fable. It's a little short okay. story, very short. Okay. And it, it basically, the bottom line is um, slow down, reassess, and get real about how you want to live your life. All right. Very good. Excellent advice all the way through. Thank you, Michelle Straub, for being with us today. We really do appreciate it. Once again, their website, cloversystems.net. And also go to orlando.score.org, please, to get your tickets for BizFest. And those are, once again, it is on Wednesday, September the 13th, all day long event. The ticket includes lunch and the social gathering afterwards. So plan on a whole day of fun and great networking and listening to and, inter- and engaging with excellent speakers. So, uh, all right, so that's uh, orlando.score.org. And uh, don't forget, if you have a question now, you can call them at 407-420-4844. Well, Michelle, thank you so very much, and uh, we appreciate you being on the show. And until next week, that's all for What's the Score? Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.